Hello, welcome to Challenging Leadership. My name is Steve Amatha, and I'm also with... Jared Scott. Hi, Jared. Um, are you well? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, oh, very good. We're recording this around Christmas time, so um, we're both sort of winding down a bit, I think. Um, Absolutely. I felt like I should do a little bit of uh, chat before the, the podcast starts, because everybody else seems to do that. We don't do that. We just get straight into the business. Like, like, we got we to cover these topics. and <laughs> Yeah. It is true. It is true. Yeah, yeah we'll have to we'll have to work on that. I think. Um, yeah. Okay, but let's get to business. Um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're being you're being too nice. No, <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's the yeah. problem we're going to talk think, about today. Uh, right. Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah. So uh, the problem of being too nice as a leader. Um, you know, I think that uh, it's important that we establish the fact that we're not talking about that. You should be some uh, troll or ogre or uh, even uh, a bully, uh, mm-hmm. but also swinging the pendulum to the other side, seeing how, um, you know, being being that nice manager that everybody likes isn't necessarily the best thing as a leader, not just for yourself, but also for the people you lead and then ultimately for the company that you represent. So what I was yeah. uh, thinking about is uh, maybe breaking down maybe the pros and the cons. And then uh, we can banter forth a little bit back and forth. I'm interested to hear your perspectives um, on things. So, yeah, let's do that. Um, yeah. Have you got a definition for nice um, first? A definition for nice. <laughs> I'd say I'm the definition of nice. You know? <laughs> I can't disagree no. with that. No. But, but, but uh, I say that in jest, but to start with, I think that that is something that I have to make sure that I find balance with because mm. I tend to lean towards being the nice guy, um, you know, wanting wanting to be liked by everybody. But, you know, when you're talking about being a leader, it's so important that you've established boundaries because here's, here's what a nice leader sounds like. A nice leader is um, they're going to put up with things that other people wouldn't put up with. Maybe there's a disruptive employee and they're like, oh, he can't help. He's okay. Make excuses for it. Or... Um, a deadline isn't isn't a reached. It's like, oh, you know what? We'll just keep moving that deadline because you know I don't want anybody to feel any pressure, and and so it's it's almost uh, that's that's where the niceness gets into. You're not really being an effective leader because you're not driving your employees towards the goals they need to achieve. You're instead just allowing people to reign free, as it were. And um, what happens in that case, I think sometimes is maybe the high performers are just going to do their work anyway. It's that uh, uh, Pareto principle. <laughs> if, I, don't, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but hmm. but it's 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 the fact that you, you kind of let everybody do their thing. And then uh, what happens is you have a flip where the high performers all of a sudden go, hey, you're not holding the low performers accountable. You're too nice. And now they become disgruntled and now you've got a whole mess on your hands. So it, it kind of yeah. just cascades into you started out with something that you felt was a good thing and it could be it can be but it turns into something that is disastrous for uh for that so yeah i mean that that old saying um, you can't please all the people all of the time um yeah. sort of reminds me of that so yeah if you've got um uh, you're you're overlooking someone else's or one of your team members underperformance or bad behavior um it feels like you're being nice, but actually from the perspective of the workforce, the rest of the team, they can become incredibly frustrated by that, can't they? I've seen that myself. 
Yeah. Um, why, why should I work my socks off? You know, why should I keep doing this? And uh, this guy over here, he's just, he's just lazy, does nothing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, my, um, my uncle, uh, just a quick story, but he, he was in the insurance industry in New York several, several decades ago. He's since retired, but he told me a story about there was this guy that he had in his department who wasn't performing and he felt bad for him because the guy had a, had a wife and three kids and he just kept making excuses and making excuses for him. And the, the, the short of it is, is that he, he ended up having to uh, let him go. Hmm. And he, he ran into him a year later. and He's like, how's things going? He's like, oh, man, I'm doing great. He says, I left my wife and kids. I've got a whole new life. And, and, and as, as sad as that is, in the same sense, it made him realize, wow, I cared more about his family than he did. So that nice yeah. syndrome set in where he was actually destroying his department by allowing that underperformer to exist. Mm. And he, and he was worried about the things this guy wasn't even worried about. So at some point our niceness has to also be, um, there, there has to be a constraint there that make sure we always are still looking at the big picture, whatever that may be. Okay. Yeah. So you said about looking at the pros and cons, um, what else have you got? Okay. So, um, let's, let's look at the, uh, I want to be negative first. (laughs) So one of the things is is a a perceived weakness. So sometimes uh, when you're that nice leader, everybody's like, oh, he says he doesn't he doesn't really stand up for himself or or the department or other managers can view him as easy pickings when Mm. they're doing hot potato with a a big project. Like, oh, give it to the nice guy. (laughs) You know, nobody. And and they know that they will do that. They'll say, oh, yeah, I'll take that project because I'm the nice guy. And the thing is, is just because you are eager at taking something doesn't mean that it's the best solution. So uh, that's one. Exploitation is kind of falling into that. Decision making, being afraid to hold people accountable. And uh, when, you, when you're a nice leader, you can suffer from analysis paralysis, not from looking at the best way to do something, but thinking about, oh, I don't I don't want to dump this on my team because that's going to overwhelm them. And uh, at the end of the day, I think that ultimately you can lose respect of those that you lead and your your fellow leaders when you are too nice so those those were those were some of the cons and yeah your your take on that yeah and i guess um you know sometimes we're just worried about the response we're going to get and that might only be an initial response you know it might be that people come around to the idea and and you have some work to do to convince and um demonstrate the benefits or whatever we've talked about change already in this um, this series but um yeah sometimes people's first reflex is and you know what that reflex is going to be so this makes you feel um mm-hmm. hesitant so I, in my courses i i would describe that as passive behavior essentially from the from the leader mm-hmm. um so the leader isn't willing to uh, stand up for what they know to be right um they um uh, their wants are not taken account of. Their needs are not really met. It's the kind of doormat experience. So, mm-hmm. yeah, in, in my courses, I really try to encourage um, my learners to not use passive behavior. Um, and so, sometimes it's called submissive behavior. It's slightly different, of course, um, mm-hmm. but just constantly allowing us ourselves to be 
the ones that have to pick up all the pieces, have to mm-hmm. do all the extra bits. Um, it's always us that that get the, you know, the wrong end of everything. Um, yeah, so lots of reasons. And as you say, it, you lose respect from your team, but you also um, you also find it really, really tiring. It's hard, and um, yeah. there is an element of burnout. I think if you're if you're bearing everything. That's right. Like if you're the only one rowing the boat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, here, here, you don't have to row as hard. Let me row for you. And I'm like, that's not even the definition of a team either. So you ultimately become yeah. a one a one man show. That's the exact opposite of another type of one man show being a dictator. But they're still going to result in you being exhausted and losing your team. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about something a bit later if we get a chance. Um, sure. that relates to the benefits of of having a good relationship with with team members, and I'm sure you you know you definitely would agree with that. But um, but if you're complete walkover, the the irony is is that nobody thanks you for that. You know, yeah. so you don't get many many plaudits. People just expect that you will yeah. be that person. And don't worry about him, you know, he'll he'll just go along with whatever whatever everybody else says. So yeah, and you don't really get much many thanks for it and nobody actually appreciates that. So yeah, it's yeah. um it's quite a a destructive trait to be like that, I would describe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. But you know, there there, there are some pros, I think, se- seasoned with a, a little bit of salt or some mm. good spices. Uh, I think that um you can boost morale if if you use it where it's needed strategically. Um, I think people will trust you or maybe be loyal to you if they know that um, you're genuine. I think that's the thing. If, if you're like, you're a genuine person, then, then, and it comes across as that, that could be helpful. It can help you to uh, resolve conflicts and um, you can develop employees to their strengths if you uh, can have some patience. But, but again, each one of those is a slippery slope because you, you can, you can just start, uh, the, you almost, you teach, you teach others how to treat you. And, uh, by being too nice, all of a sudden now they're like, Hey, I can just ask for anything. And they're just going to yes it up. And, uh, and then that doesn't work out good for anybody. So. Yeah. Um, so, so I think, um, it's worth just trying to put a framework against this. Um, sure. clearly, um there's a balance to be drawn and we talk about that quite a lot or we have done already on this this podcast um there's a there's a need i think we, we also in the article that you asked me to read which i'll mm-hmm. put a link on the show notes um mm-hmm. it was in the harvard business review wasn't it and i think in in that article it it also um talks about something that i've completely forgotten well while, while you're looking for it i can um, maybe this will this will bring it out um i think that uh the guy's name was michael Furtick. he's the one that uh wrote yeah. this article it's, it's actually like nine years old but it still has some very relevant information it it got into our personal mindset where we all like to be liked mm-hmm. and there are some people that don't like to be liked and good for them but <laughs> i think in general <laughs> most people you know, some of us like hey you want to be liked and um, when you yield to that instinct, then that's where you start going down that path of becoming Mr. Nice Guy. And, uh, and that's where, uh, that's where things, um, things can happen. For instance, um, someone you're trying to hire, 
and you make a bad hiring decision because they're just such a nice person and they really checked mm. all the boxes and then the performance doesn't match that and you just allow it to continue on. And um, that can that can definitely create problems. Yeah, I remembered now my my point. Um, there we go. See, I did my yeah, job. It, it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> my brain's getting old and huddled. Um, right. Yeah, the, uh, the, the other point that I wanted to make was that we don't want to confuse niceness or um, uh, friendliness with politeness, I suppose. These are slightly different things. So I think um, I'm always keen to talk about um, being clear about what you need and want um, from your team and indeed from other people, including your manager. So you're, you're clear, you ask for what you want or you need, you're clear about that, but you do so politely. So you're not you're not bawling orders at people. You do it nicely, politely, um, but sometimes what you're asking for is not necessarily what the person wants you to be asking for. So, um, mm-hmm. but that wouldn't stop you asking for that thing. Um, if you're giving somebody direction, you know, I, I need you to get this report completed for me by three o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Thank you very much. You might know that they really hate doing that report and that they don't want to do it. They've also got other things on, but you know, it really needs to be done. So um, the question there is, are you going to, uh, request or ask that that be done so I, I, and do it in an assertive way so I, I need that report by three o'clock or I need you to complete that report by three o'clock thank you very much I need you to I'd like you to these are very um, very assertive types of statements um, but you're doing it politely sure. um, of course you wouldn't be saying get that bleep bleep report done uh, by lunchtime tomorrow you know that's so that's not the right way to do it but um regardless of what they want to be doing you you know that report needs to be done so you're going to you're going to give them that uh, that direction so for me that's the difference it's about being nice it's about being polite but um what we're talking about here actually is Mm. um being a walkover or being a pushover and actually not getting the things done that you know need to be done Mm. or not facing up to issues that you actually need to resolve yeah um and that's i think really nicely covered with this whole question of are you assertive as a manager not aggressive but are you assertive or are you passive? And if you're passive, that's when this too nice label, I think, um, comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And almost, I, I liken, um, I liken being a leader almost to being like a parent. And, and this is in no way saying that, you know, people you lead are little kids running around, mm. you know, causing a mess, but sometimes they can be like that. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about, uh, what, what would you define as a, as a good parent, a parent that, they're, they're, they're loving and yet they give, they give uh, direction when needed. They can be, they can be stern, um, but not, not a bully, not, not, um, abusive. Um, but, but children, you look at the difference between children that, that are thriving in that environment, other ones where the parents just let them do whatever they want. It's just chaos. You can see them in the supermarket this time of year, everywhere during the holidays where you're like, Oh, it's brutal, you know? And, (laughs) and, um, you know, the, the same can happen. Like if you address a problem immediately, but you do so in a way that's showing respect to the individual, other people are like, wow. So he noticed it. He did something about it. Now I respect him. Whereas if you just let it go on, the respect meter goes down for for how they view you, you know. And so, you know, instead of focusing on the, the I want to be liked by everybody, nice guy syndrome, it's more about 
you know, earning and deserving that respect because respect will carry you so much further than being liked. Yeah. And, and I think um, for me, this is related to goal setting as well, unclear mm-hmm. uh, vision of what you need from the team. So, um, and a lot of this is set up beforehand. So this is another thing that I, I try to get across is that often we can think about individual instances where we've maybe not quite got it right or our team member or members have reacted badly or or in a way we didn't expect and sometimes we can just think about that as a single Mm -hmm. scenario but actually a lot of the groundwork needs to be done before that and that Mm -hmm. relates to being clear about what the goals are and then Mm -hmm. everything else kind of relates to that so if our we have clear goals um you know big goals if you like vision goals but also it's smaller goals that enable us to get to the ultimate vision or, or goal then we can constantly refer back to that you know in order for us to keep our customers happy in order for us to keep that um that that special thing we've got that uh, unique selling position in order for us to keep that going we have to do this this is the reason i'm asking you to do this by tomorrow afternoon um so there's a there's an understanding that you don't always have to say that but they know that because that's a clear goal we have to get this report done by tomorrow afternoon because that's how we then make decisions about what to do next with the customer or whatever i'm just making stuff up but you, you get my yeah, drift yeah, I, I um, so i think that's that underpinning stuff it's you're very clear about what the goals are you're very clear about what is required um and then they start to understand and trust that what you're asking people to do is directly related to those achievements of those goals Mm -hmm. and i think that gives you an extra bit of credibility then so it's not just oh jared wants this you know it's it's we need this Um, and i think that makes a big difference yeah that was so well said and um you know i've actually questioned myself sometimes i was like do they know the why um because if you can if you can explain the why then 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 it takes away the the like you said it's not about what i said it's about looking at there's a reason behind this yeah now one of my um i don't it's not it's not like a sneaky trick or whatever but i found i actually like to give assignments to people that that's not their strong suit not something catastrophic you know where this is like success of everything is hinging on this (laughs) but but trying to get people to make incremental growth and so Mm. You know, if you, if you revert back to that nice, it's like, oh, I know the first thing they're going to, you said something earlier about initial reactions. It's like, I don't think any of us like to be asked to do something we're not good at or, we're like, oh, no, you know, but, but you have to push past that. And then you have to follow up with supporting them as they're doing something they're not used to doing. Um, and if you can, you can give them that support as their manager or leader, then they'll say, oh, so they're actually showing me how to do this and I'm going to learn a new skill set or I'm going to be better at something. This isn't just like, Hey, uh, I want you to learn how to do pivot tables in Excel. Good luck with that, you know. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be my worst nightmare. By the way, is <laughs> someone asked me. I used to train pivot tables. Oh. Yeah, they are awful. Oh. Yeah, crazy <laughs> wizard you are with that it's yeah, dark yeah. magic over there in the Excel <laughs> world. I try to stay as far away as possible. I'll, I'll tell you, I probably wouldn't be able to do it now because Excel's changed a lot since I was training it. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah, and thankfully I never have to use them nowadays um yeah so um there's a bit of research that i thought about when you asked asked um or said about doing this topic so shall i is that okay if i just let's do it let's let's hear let's hear some different points okay so um 
uh, it got me thinking about something called LMX. Um, so there's this thing called Leader Member Exchange, which is like a theoretical um, structure that that organizational psychologists sometimes think about. And, and it's, there's been a lot of research on it. So it's called Leader Member Exchange, but... Um, in a kind of sexy way, it's called LMX. Um, so LMX is is the idea is that I suppose it's a bit of a kick against some of the old-fashioned leadership models that tend to think about leadership behavior as a kind of average behavior that that where they, they sort of treat everybody the same, you know. So we there's a lot of kind of um uh, sort of leadership style sheets out, questionnaires and things like that. What sort of leader are you? You know, are you an autocratic leader? Are you a um, laissez-faire type leader? Are you, and so on. And there's loads of these mm-hmm. that put you into a sort of box. But this is um, this is saying actually, real leadership isn't isn't like that. If you've got a team with more than one person, it's likely that you have different relationships with each one of those people, and those dyads. So they're called dyads, which is obviously these dual relationships you and somebody else you Mm -hmm. as the leader and the follower it uses that um that phraseology so we've got a leader and a follower and actually what matters is the quality of that relationship it's it's that particular dyad um and those that dyad that relationship will determine how much uh, or the it's it's described as the lens through which the worker or the member sees what they're doing and, and how they're doing it. And so there is a there is quite a strong element here that having a good relationship with your manager um, really does make a difference, uh, really does help. So I think, um, you know, obviously I've agreed with everything that we've, you've said so far around mm-hmm. the importance of not being too nice. If I'm doing a good enough job, then i got to say something so you'll be you'll, you'll disagree. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but um, the, uh, the evidence is, is that there are also – it is also important to build a good working relationship with your team members. Okay, so I'm going to quote from this um, piece of work by Dune Bohm. Et al. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes, but their conclusion, I'm going to read directly from it, is one of the most interesting findings of this study was that leader behaviors and perceptions explain the most variance in LMX. So that I thought this was really interesting. One of the big debates has been about followship, you know, and actually mm-hmm. is it as much about followership as it is about leadership? Mm-hmm. Um, but the research really strongly suggests that most of it is about how the leader behaves which I think is really interesting. So, you know, we can't blame them. <laughs> it's really down to us as, as mm-hmm. leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll carry on reading. Our meta-analysis results indicated that the average magnitude of the correlations of leader expectations of followers, followers' success, contingent reward behavior, and transformational leadership with LMX was 0.61. So basically what this is saying is that transformational leadership, which we've spoken about, um, the um, high expectations uh, or believing that the team members have the skills and ability to to do the job um, and 
contingent reward behavior. So this is, you know, giving people good feedback Mm -hmm. actually makes most of the difference. These things are done through questionnaires and then they're all factor analysis. So that seems to be really, really important. The quality of LMX relationships appears to be influenced by leaders' use of contingent reward behavior, transformational leadership, and their expectations of followers' success. Um, And these results indicate that LMX relationships contain both transactional and transformational leadership, Mm. providing empirical support for the contention that LMX relationships are both transactional and transformational. Again, I think that's very interesting because we've talked about this before. Um, So Mm. the transactional bit is the reward bit, is the equity bit. So, you know, I expect to be treated properly. I expect to be... Um, rewarded financially to the extent that I'm putting the effort in. That's a transaction. But also mm-hmm. there's this, you know, I'm I'm really, um, I, I, my expectations, I understand that the expectations of my manager are high and that they believe I can achieve that. Um, those sorts of transformational qualities are also really important as well. Mm-hmm. So it's that relationship, both transactional and transformational that really makes a difference. So I think it's important for our listeners not to think that, you know, actually it doesn't matter if you're not that nice to your team, you you know, you just got to be clear about the objectives and drive um, performance. Actually, this stuff really does make a difference and people Mm -hmm. will behave differently if they feel that they've got a good working relationship with us. Yeah, 100% agree with you. It's, It's important. It's important. You know, um, I was thinking um, that we focus so much on who we're leading. And then at the same sense, the nice being a nice leader um, can also get us in trouble when it comes to our level of other leaders and also even mm-hmm. those above us. And uh, the uh, that article in Harvard Business, Business Review, uh, he used a term uh, turning to polite deception. And uh, <laughs> that, that really stood out to me because it's like, never really heard that term before, but he gave this, for instance, scenario, imagine you're in this boardroom and one of the owners comes in and they all, they say, this is what we're going to do. And everybody's thinking in their head, this is the most dumb, stupid, this is never going to work. But everybody's face is like, yeah, yeah, good job. We're going to do this. This is awesome. And nobody, nobody speaks up. And Mm. that's that polite deception where we also have to make sure that uh, we're, we're put in positions too to recognize things, patterns, uh, ideas that, oh, maybe that's not where we want to go. And because nobody knows at all right now, we can't change how the higher up thinks. And maybe they're like a dictator and like, we don't, nobody's opinion matters with mine. But in the same sense, it's also a disfavor to everyone, including ourselves. If we don't speak up when we say, you know, maybe that's not a good idea. And here's why, mm, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. we result yeah. to that nice scenario where we offer that, as he says here, that, that, uh, polite deception <laughs> so yeah so i've got a couple of points on that so um, when i read yeah. that part i i did slightly um disagree with so first of all the premise he said it was a brainstorming session yeah, so yeah. in a brainstorming session um uh, actually any idea should be put on the table and we should not be shooting down any idea whether it comes from the boss or from the most junior member so i, I would say that Whoever wrote that has got slightly the wrong idea of what a brainstorming session is. Um, now, once we once we do the analysis afterwards and decide yeah, yeah. which of these ideas we're going to go with, then yes, of course, that's when we need to be uh, brave enough, woman enough, man enough to say, 
uh, actually, uh, in my view, that's not going to work, and here's why. Mm-hmm. Um, but during that brainstorm brainstorming session, actually, we want to welcome any ideas, no matter how crazy. So that's just a sort of technical thing that I slightly disagreed with. But in yeah. the principle of it, yeah, absolutely, we should we shouldn't be just nodding sagely um, and just waving through completely daft ideas mm-hmm. or ideas that we think you sound okay, but we know from our experience are not, are not going to work or have a lower chance of working. Let's say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But I'm sure we've all heard ridiculous things <laughs> spewed <laughs> out and you're like, oof. but yeah, good point. Good point with the uh, brainstorming session, but I've been <laughs> part of those where it's like, even then there's like, no, we're not even going to discuss that. I'm like, Ooh, that's don't don't squelch the creativity. <laughs> Again, this is this is why I think um, I'm a big fan of setting things up. So at the beginning of that brainstorming session, yeah. the clear rules need to be um, uh, clearly delineated, which is, uh, right, this is a brainstorming session. This is not about arguing and debating the merits of ideas. This is purely an idea harvesting exercise. We're yeah. going to do the, the choosing bits afterwards the quality control comes afterwards this is simply harvesting you know so if you see a big combine harvester in the in the field um they're not checking the quality of that wheat as they're going through it they are literally harvesting every single bit and then the quality will be uh checked afterwards so um that's just a a small thing but but again it's that's about being clear about what this meeting is for Mm -hmm. and what your expectations are um but yeah, clearly, um, clearly we need to be able to challenge um, whoever it is. And, and I, I'm a big fan of using I statements. So um, I actually think that's that's a problem or I don't think that's going to work. Or my view, okay, it's not the word I, but it's still a, um, a personal pronoun. My view is that um, that's going to create us some problems. And here's why. Here's the evidence mm-hmm. why. I believe that to be the case. Of course, remembering that we may not be right. So, you know, we we are still open to logical, reasonable argument that says, ah, Stephen, but have you thought about this? You know, and here's the counter argument. Fine. Um, So I'm also going to challenge you a bit on the old parent thing. So I wanted to come back to that. All right, let's Um, do it. So uh, maybe this is for another another day, but um, a really good model that i use um in my courses is called transactional analysis i don't know if you've mm-hmm. come across that um so transactional analysis ta is something that a, a psychologist called eric Byrne, i think came up with um sort of in the 20 20th century but it's still used a lot and he talks about when we're having a transaction with somebody um which is essentially just a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are transacting now. So I say something, you say something. And often it's about trying to get something or, or get information maybe or um, you know, even giving somebody some direction. This is a transaction. And during that process, we are coming from one of three ego states. And those mm-hmm. three ego states are either parents, adults, or child. And um, it's quite funny, actually, if you get into these three. Maybe I won't say too much about it, but um, another podcast we could really get into this, right? We really need to do it, I think. So let's yeah. let's leave it there. But I would say 
Um, the advice I generally give is that whenever you want to get something done and you want to maintain a good working relationship with somebody in the workplace, then adult to adult um, interactions are are generally the best. Mm. Um, you may get um, parent child interactions at times, but generally they don't don't deliver what you're looking for. So again, um, I, I, I totally get what you were talking about, but um, yeah. just just thinking about adult to adult that's what i always try to uh, encourage because actually you don't want your teams to be looking at you as a parent you you want them to to actually uh be conversing and transacting from it you run into the being a micromanager state. problem <laughs> well exactly yeah well, exactly the toddlers <laughs> and, and actually i think it is relevant to this podcast because this episode because um you end up then again um yeah being the nice parent or you may end up being the nice parent and that's the parent-child relationship is a very different one to the relationship in the workplace um so yeah i I think that's uh, that's a really good one too we we need to dig into that a bit more no i definitely would like to do that that sounds very interesting so let me ask you this we uh we we've we've covered all this stuff and i i was reading some information and i said am I a nice leader? Am I too nice? <laughs> and then I said, well, well, shoot, what am I supposed to do about that? You know, and maybe, maybe uh, if you're listening to our podcast, you're going, well, you've called me out. Thanks for that. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. you, what can we do to get away from that and, and transition into somebody who's an effective leader who balances that nice with also giving people the direction they need? Yeah. And it made me think, well, Bet you there's some good books out there, <laughs> and uh, the one the one book that I uh, found, it was uh, written by uh, Lois P. Frankel, and it's called "Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office: Unconscious Mistakes Women Make That Sabotage Their Careers." And it also came with the premise: this is can be something that's beneficial regardless of our gender. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It has a lot of impactful statements in it, and I thought I might be highlight just a few, and maybe we could Great. we could uh, get into that. But um, the number one thing that she talked about was, was we teach people how to treat us, and so if you uh, are wanting to get over from that super nice area, it's you have to set incremental boundaries in place. You can't just go one day. Ever, what happened? Why are they all of a sudden? Yeah. They'll call us an a hole, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, but talking about, you know, how how do you go from that to that? And it says the first thing is to start setting those boundaries. Like, just keep scooting it, you know, just a little bit further and a little bit further till you get to where you need. And that could be different for each mm-hmm. individual in your in your realm of leadership. So, yeah, it's good. Just one of the things that uh, she mentioned there. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that that uh, struck me was your silence will not protect you. And so um, don't be afraid to speak up or share your opinions or participate in discussions, making sure they know that perhaps you don't agree. I mean, that kind of, we just mentioned that a little Mm. bit, challenging, challenging the notion that staying quiet ensures safety or avoids conflict. Mm. (laughs) Whereas being silent is actually going to probably build resentment (laughs) and you're going to be disgruntled and you're not, and, and, and nobody's a mind reader, right? So then we're expecting the people we're leading to read our mind. So. Yeah, a couple couple of things uh, that that stood out to me when it came to that. Yeah, I think that's really that's a really good point. Um, in a way, we train each other, um, 
in in the way we behave. And in fact, this comes back to actually Eric Burns' stuff about TA. Mm-hmm. Um, his original book was called The Games People Play. Yeah. Um, and he talks about games that we, we play. So these games are like... Um, the same conversations we have with people over and over again, you know, um, I, I need that report by Wednesday. Oh, but I've got so much to do. I can't, I can't yeah. get that done. You know, um, what else can I, um, okay, well maybe we can move. And you have this same conversation every single week, you know, it's a game, yeah. it's a yeah. game. Um, there's other games. Um, and sometimes the, the person just wants a bit of reassurance, you know, as oh, I'm having a terrible day, you know, Oh, don't worry about it, Steve. You'll be fine. Oh, great. That's a game. Um, so some of these games are fine and others are not. Others don't lead to very good outcomes. So, yeah, that's another interesting one. Um, but, yeah, we do train each other. I mean, even our pets train us. I don't know whether you've noticed that. I, I have a dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's definitely got me trained. Um, I, I know when she needs to go out. I know when she's hungry. Um, all she needs to do is kind of look at me in a certain way. And I know that she wants to play. Um, and she's kind of created a, a whole set of triggers that, that get me to do what she needs. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we all learn. This is learned behavior. So we all learn mm-hmm. based on what's in front of us. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. We have taught our team how to treat us. This is true. Mm. So what do you what do you think are some things you found? Because obviously you've you've uh, taught a lot of leadership classes, but how do you how do you help somebody or even help yourself in your mind to 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 get rid of that nice guy syndrome and yeah. move into being an effective leader? Well, first of all, thanks for asking me that question, Jared. Um, because um, I was going to say, never mind your books. Uh, a mm. really good way to uh, to learn this stuff is to go onto my website and you can you can get one of my courses so wow. um you know i i train this stuff on the course you can you can take part in it so yeah uh, the the link is on the show notes underneath directly so yeah why not um mm-hmm. yeah the course is a really great value and as cheap as a book but you get like hours about 20 hours of of courses so i'm gonna that's my little ad um i've got to do it um but the the real answer to your question is i think um so i i have a little acronym that i won't go through right now but called a disco and those that acronym helps me to remember the things i need to be doing in order to be more assertive and and to to actually be the sort of manager that i want to be um one of those things is adult to adult interactions. So that relates to what we've been talking about. Um, but I would also say that I think a really important thing I've mentioned already is this clarity about expectations. Um, we can call them goals if we like, but there's also some clarity there about uh, what you can expect from me and what I expect from you. And sometimes these are things that we we need to bring out into the open and and discuss openly. So um, I've I've worked in various different industries where it's uh, it's okay to go up to a really senior manager and say, "I've just noticed you're about to walk into that area there, which is actually." not a safe area you probably Mm -hmm. didn't notice the sign there that says you're not allowed to walk in there you need to walk around the walkway or i've just noticed you haven't got your hard hat with you um can i go and get one for you or or this is where you need to get them from and you can do that to anybody now the only way that works is if everybody knows 
that that's the sort of conversation that can happen in this place. So in some mm-hmm. respects, it's cultural. Um, mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's about being clear about what you need and what you want as an individual and communicating that and making sure that people understand that that's the way we do things around here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you don't have to wait until you're boiling mad before mm. you actually say something. I think a lot of us tend to be um, like the volcano. You know, we sort of, yeah. we, we we can feel it all bubbling up inside. We've, we've asked this person to do this thing regularly. They've not done it. Um, we've let it go because we're a nice person. We've let it go again because we're a nice person. We've let it go again because we're a nice person. And eventually we just go nuclear. Mm-hmm. And that's when we lose control, um, mm-hmm. which is often the reason for, aggressive behavior so for me um being clear about what we need and what we want being clear about what the standards are um understanding everybody understands the goals and the way we do things around here um i think that's for me that's that's how to get the balance right yeah no those are those are great points it's that that makes me think about the the pendulum could also swing where you have that blow up that volcano and everybody goes because it really gets it gets overemphasized or exacerbated because you're known as this nice guy, and then all of a sudden, boom! Where did that come from? And yeah. uh, because of the fact that we didn't we didn't address it when it needed to be. Yeah, I mean, sometimes that can be very very powerful, and you know, it shakes people yeah. out of their lethargy. Like, oh, like, he really doesn't like oh, this. God, what's happened there? You know, this is yeah. really. Hit. But it's quite a short term. Um, strategy actually it doesn't it doesn't last very long because you've either got to keep that up and then that doesn't really have much impact anymore because now you've become this ogre um or it just gradually people forget that you know and it just becomes back to the normal again until you blow up again um i think it's much better to address things as they as they happen and the other thing i would say is is to try and take the emotion out of it so rather Mm. than it be an emotional conversation or an emotional decision. It's like, okay, what's the best thing to do? Uh, What do I want as an outcome? What Mm -hmm. are the best things? What are the things now that need to come out of my mouth or um, at my keystrokes um, that's going to get me more of that thing that I want? Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, sure, that can be a difficult decision sometimes. It can be about giving somebody um, uh, some... uh, feedback that might be considered negative it could even be saying to somebody that you're not right for this role um and but we do that in a way that is respectful mm-hmm. taking the emotion out and um just thinking about what what it is that we need and want for that particular goal yep yep you can be assertive and yet maintain your integrity and kindness. And um, I think that is the, it's almost part of the definition of it really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's assertiveness for me is, is about um, gaining respect and getting more of what you want, but doing so in a way that maintains a good working relationship with your team. So that LMX thing, that leader member exchange thing is still, still good Mm -hmm. Um, they respect you. They respect that you have requirements of them. Um, they see that you are doing your best to, um, to deliver on those goals. Um, but you do it in a way that shows respect for them as well. So, um, I think it is possible to do it. I, I, I'm quite open about the fact that I used to be quite bad at this. Um, and I, 
I went to a course, um, this is going back sort of 20 years, mm-hmm. um, perhaps 18 years, something like that, but a long time ago. Um, and I learned how to to change my behavior because I was that guy that was, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything, mm-hmm. go nuclear. And it, and it was getting in my way, quite frankly. So when I learned this other way of doing things, it really, really helped me. Mm. No, definitely, definitely good to hear. Well, I, um, I think that, uh, at the end of the day, we have to, we have to pick one little thing maybe and say, you know what, I'm going to work on this Yeah, because, uh, obviously we'll, we'll get ourselves into, uh, we stuck <laughs> if we try to fix it all. And, um, and you know, the other thing, Jared, I would say as well is, um, is don't be afraid to discuss this with your team members, you know? So, um, I do think one-to-ones are great and they shouldn't just be about me as the manager telling you what I think about you. Um, it's also a, a conversation mm-hmm. um, and there'll be times when you'll maybe have some issues that have cropped up over the last month or two mm-hmm. and you'll say, look, this is an example of something that I, I'm i trying to get better at getting the outcome or getting a better outcome. Um, remember last month when I asked you to do this thing and so on so on. So what, what do you think? What do you think is the best way to handle this situation? Um, or maybe you've done some training. So when people come on my courses, I tell them to share with their team members what they've done. There's no secret here. It's not something that only the leadership needs to know. You know, yeah. Share with them assertive behavior, what that means. Um, yeah. Then everybody can understand what's going on. So slide them a survey. Everybody in your department say on a scale of one to 10, <laughs> how nice do you think I am? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes we have a wrong, we, we think we're doing good and we need mm. to just be, there's a way of being assertive. You, you have to, you have to get feedback. You got to have that constant feel of the road that you're traveling on in order to get there safely. And we have to have that with the people we, we uh, lead and also those that lead us giving that constant feedback yeah and, and i think it's important to um take that feedback feedback with the right um spirit so um firstly it doesn't mean that every time so if anybody's ever done a 360 degree um appraisal uh, where you get your manager and your team members and your colleagues and everybody to give you some feedback um sometimes you'll find results of that that are a bit prickly they're not exactly what you'd hoped for Um, but i think it's important to you don't necessarily have to agree with it um but on the other hand you're not going to dismiss it out of hand so take it on board okay i'm going to think about that is that something i need to change is that something i want to change if the answer is yes okay let's think about how i do it um but you know it's not always just because somebody doesn't like what you do doesn't always mean you're wrong. Um, so again, you have to um, weigh that up. I think the other thing as well is not to beat yourself up too much. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jared, you said, you know, sometimes you're too nice or you worry about whether you're too oh. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Don't beat myself up, right? Don't beat yourself up, mate. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we none of us get it right all the time, and That's I certainly right. don't. You know, yeah. so it's right to learn from these things and um, to sort of, analyze these conversations but not to overdo it you know we're, we're never going to get it right every time and what does right mean anyway you know it's it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's a movable sort of sure um, yeah and you can get different opinions from every, every one person says man you're 
you're a yeah. jerk and the other person's like, you're such a nice guy. And you're so like, nice, well, I'm doing yeah. the same thing. <laughs> so you've got, exactly. you've got so many different things. Hopefully for those, those uh, listening, you, you got some uh, ideas, right. That uh, can, can uh, help you to say, where could I improve or, Hey, I'm doing a good job here. You know, cause we all, yeah. we all, we all have great things we do as leaders and uh, focus on the positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, I'm, exa- we, I'm, I'm all out. I've run. I've exhausted. Ran out I'm, I'm yeah, exhausted I think the, I think uh, I have. I mean, I could um, I could get more into the uh, the detail of the um, uh, the research, but I think I think that's enough. Um, personally, I think we're we're there. We're um, there. So, yeah. can you be too nice? Yes, I think you can be too nice. Sure. Um, but for me. And this is just me trying to sum up. I mean, you can mm-hmm. you can do your own summing up, but for me, I think we've established that um, too nice means actually um, allowing people to walk all over you and not not getting the outcomes that you need because you're mm-hmm. unwilling to stand up for what you believe. Yeah. Um, so I think you can be like that, and I would describe that as passive management behaviour or passive leadership behaviour. Um, yeah. I think the way to to change that is to be more assertive. That doesn't mean aggressive. It just means being clear about what you need and what you want and communicating that clearly, sharing goals um, and um, talking to people as adults. So that that would be my sort of summary of, of it. That's a good, good summary. I think ultimately being nice as a leader has numerous advantages, um, but I think it's also essential to strike a balance between um, when to be assertive and then when you got to make the, the tough decisions, ultimately looking at the greater good of the team and the individuals that you lead. So Yeah, absolutely. Just, I, and just one other word to throw in there. Perhaps we talk about this another time. But yeah. um, we don't want to lose empathy. So yes. maybe being nice um, includes empathy. And empathy is really important um, for a manager, I do believe. I can't um, wait to use that as a discussion. I love we, need to, we need to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Right, well, Merry Christmas again. And, Merry um, Christmas to you. By the time this comes out, of course, it will be well past Christmas. So our listeners will be well into the new year then. Um, so that's the downside of... of we can complain about what we did or didn't get that we thought we yeah, were going to get. And that's then right, yeah. That is a five no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll bring our favourite gift in with us next week. There we go, there we okay. go. Okay, all right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Jared. Thank you.